Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. All aboard. That was my train impression. The Jaron Jackson train. We talked about it with our NBA insider, Jonathan Von Tobel, who bet this thing. And we're talking Jaron Jackson of the Grizzlies to win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, JVT has it at like 300 to 1. God bless him. Uh, When we talked to him, it was at 150 to 1. 200 to 1 in uh, other books. And everyone here at VEASAN, we hunted this thing down. But we couldn't find it. Nobody had it available here in town. We saw it on DraftKings, 150 to 1. Little DraftKings here in Vegas. So we went on a hunt. And then an article comes out, which I referenced yesterday on the show, about how historic his season is. That he's putting up defensive metrics that are ranking amongst the all-time great defensive seasons. Today, we found the bet. We placed the bet. Did we get it at 300 to 1? No. That's long gone. Did we get the 200 to 1? Nope. 150? Nope. 70, which it was earlier? Nope. 65 to 1, which is where it currently sits up on DraftKings. The odds, this is one of the like one of the great stories, I think, of this NBA season. <laughs> These odds dropping dramatically. And do not be surprised if on tomorrow's show I'm talking about these odds that are right now plus 6,500 going to maybe plus 5,000. Uh, Jaron Jackson had, what, six blocks tonight in the Grizzlies' win over the Spurs, and this is just going to be one of the more fun tickets to uh, watch go down here as the season progresses because it's the names versus the analytics. The names, Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, Giannis, but the numbers... Jaron Jackson Jr. was nowhere to be found on the Defensive Player of the Year odds. Now, 
65 to 1. As your one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth favorite on the board. Think about that. How incredible this run has been. Did the uh, Avalanche just tie the game with 30 seconds left? That is always fun to take an eye on. Uh, over in the Bruins, Avalanche comes through. Uh, over in Maple Leafs, Ducks comes through. Uh, the over in the Blackhawks, Red Wings comes through. The over in the Flames, Blue Jackets pushes. And the Sharks and Capitals go under. So a fun night in the NHL. We gave out some plays. Uh, Bruins plus a goal and a half, which came through. Um Maple Leafs, Ducks over, which came through. Capitals did not come through. So that was uh, the NHL plays for the show last night. The NBA plays for the show last night. We talked about the Clippers coming off of that 35-point comeback the other night. How would they respond playing the second night of a back-to-back? Well, they did respond. They beat the Magic 111-102. The Magic were two-point favorites. Yes, the nine-win Magic were two-point favorites. And first, I thought that that was just going to be a sign. That like, hey, everyone knows the Clippers are just gassed from the 35-point comeback last night. And so that's why you have a nine-win team as a favorite in this game. But that what I really should have thought was, this is a nine-win team. <laughs> and they're a nine-win team for a reason. And, uh, yeah, the reason is, is because they're bad. The Clippers win 111-102. But the other aspect of this game that we talked about was the total. Total, I think, went off at 213. It wound up being a push. It was 214 when I saw it. And I said, take the under. If you take the under at 214, you hit by one point because it landed on 213. Uh, elsewhere, loved, loved the uh, Mavericks bouncing back from their blowout loss to the Golden State Warriors, and that's exactly what they did, beating the Blazers by 20 points. The Jazz, I was on the Jazz just because usually when a team loses and you play a rematch within such close proximity, like you know a home-and-home home just a day apart from each other, I always like to go with the team that loses that first game in the second game. Plus, when you take a look at the first loss, you know, they the Jazz were shorthanded. Um, Jazz were still shorthanded as uh, Gobert did not play once again. And we all know Donovan Mitchell is still out. But they uh, still managed to, um, you know, to get Joe Inglis back and uh, Royce O'Neal played. Didn't matter. Suns. They proved that they're still the best team in the NBA. A 105-97 win and cover over the Jazz. Uh, The other game that I really was keying in on, and I should have known because last night on the program, um, I talked about the Cavs, who are the best ATS team in the NBA. And they were home dogs against the Bucs. And I thought about taking the Cavs as the home dogs because they've just been so good in this role. But then I was reading an article about how um, 
the big three for the Milwaukee Bucks, and I'm talking about Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday. When these guys all play, because they've been, you know, they've been dealing with injuries this season, but when they play together, the the record for the Bucks is like 18 and 3. It's some absurd number. And so I thought, okay, you know what? Hey, when we got these three guys playing, this is the way to go here with this game. I was wrong. I should have fallen into the original thought process, which was to ride the hottest ATS team in the NBA, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the Cavs win as dogs outright. Um, the Brooklyn Nets at home, James Harden, it's all they got. They struggled, and they lose to the Nuggets, 124-118. Heat took care of the Knicks easily. That was one that was obvious. The Bulls beat the Raptors, 111-105. So all in all, fun night in the NBA. Not a lot of real surprises, uh, especially when you consider you know the Clippers even though they won off as a small underdog, we're still talking about a 25-win team here against a 9-win team. So not that surprising to see the Clippers beat the Magic. I guess, you know, the Cavs were the, the big underdog that won outright because they were 4.5-point dogs against the Bucks. So uh, that was the, I guess, surprise there in the NBA. But the best news was that we got our Jaron Jackson future. And so we're happy about it. I would have liked 150 to 1, but I'll gladly take my 65 to 1. And uh, hopefully this kid continues his stellar season and goes on to win this award. Well, Draymond Green's injury is going to keep him out of this thing, probably knock him out of the conversation in about a week or so. You know, Rudy Gobert, there might be some fatigue on him. You know, same thing with Giannis. Giannis is kind of like the guy you can say every single year is in the discussion just because of how good he has been. And so really, it might just come down to uh, an Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Joel Embiid, Jaron Jackson Jr., even though I think Joel Embiid will win the MVP. Uh, speaking of MVP, he's your favorite now. Embiid has become the favorite to be the MVP. He's at plus 250. Curry is at plus 310. Then Giannis then Jokic. Jokic had his odds. I mean, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about where he was at, and he dropped all the way down. But it was really Embiid who we mentioned when he was, what, 12 to 1, 11 to 1? And then, like, the day after, he dropped down to 8 to 1, and now he's at plus 250? That's that's just an incredible run there for the, the, the odds just dropping dramatically. Not not as big of a drop as Jaron Jackson, though, going from the uh, 100 or 300 to 1, 150 to 1, to 65 to 1. So the odds continuing to change in the futures market for the awards. For the team futures, not so much in the NBA. It's still the Brooklyn Nets as the favorite to win the title. It's still the Warriors as the favorite to win the West. Uh, the Lakers to win the West are at now, I haven't gotten an update on the West, but they're like 9-1, to 11-1 to 1 
or 16 to 1 to win the title. I'm not buying in the Lakers. I wouldn't bet them with your money. Uh, but if healthy, you see, this is the big equation here. Seven game series, LeBron, AD, Westbrook, you never know. Plenty to discuss here on the program. We are inching closer and closer to Championship Sunday in the NFL. The Australian Open going on and the Farmers Insurance Open. We got some golf futures that we played after talking to our very own Matt Humans last night. We'll check in on those as well. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zin Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zid Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zin, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zin. So head on over to zyn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. And I feel like now we have to have a segment on the show called like Triple J Watch or something. You know, like Baywatch, but we'll call it J-Watch. Get it? You know, because it sounds alliteration. But we're going to constantly update the odds on our Jaron Jackson Jr. future. Because I said that we got it in before the show at 65 to 1. Or earlier in the day. And that was a dramatic change from where where the odds were yesterday. 
Well, after I said beware of the drop because of his performance, six blocks in the Grizzlies win <laughs> here on, uh, on Wednesday. And according to our very own Tim Murray, who updates the odds for us, Tim, of course, host of the nightcap here on VEASAN, over at Boyd Gaming, Jaron Jackson Jr. down to 46-1. to 1. So pregame, we got it at 65. It's now at 46. And may, listen, maybe the VSIN syndicate is just moving the line because <laughs> I think everyone here has the ticket <laughs> for the future. Boy, if this kid wins Defensive Player of the Year, first off, we're all having a party here at VSIN. Second of all, we're going to have to, well, I was going to say we should like buy Jonathan Von Tobel something for, for hooking us up with this one, but he has that 300 to 1, so maybe he should buy us something. Anyway, we have to get on that. We'll get a graphic. We're going to do a J-Watch graphic here for uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Maybe have him like slow motion running, and we'll do a J-Watch segment every single night to update the odds as we, uh, we uh, try and cash our defensive player of the year ticket in the NBA. Placed a couple of futures here in the golf. Farmers Insurance Open after talking with our very own Matt Humans on last night's show. Uh, Matt does a tremendous job when it comes to these golf futures. So uh, we took a couple of flyers on some golfers. Uh, right now, it's, all, it's only after the first round. So you can't really celebrate anything after the first round unless you bet a first-round winner. But uh, Billy Horschel is your leader. He's at 9-under. Michael Thompson is next at 8-under. Uh, we don't have either of those guys. Uh, but... I have a Maverick McNeely, and he is at five under, so just four strokes off the lead. I also have a Tony Finau. He is at five under, four strokes off the lead, so we're going to monitor those two guys. Xander Shoffley, another future of mine, is minus four, and then I did Will Zalatoris at uh, plus 4,400. He is at minus three. Actually, my longest the longest odds I had, I think I got plus 6,000 on Maverick McNeely. So if Maverick McNeely or Will Zalatoris wins this thing, I'll be very happy. Uh, but that's where we are right now as uh, round one of the Farmers Insurance Open is in the books over at Torrey Pines. And uh, they'll resume on uh, Thursday and get going, wrap things up by Saturday. And Sunday, championship Sunday in the NFL. Taking a look at the lines to see any movement. We are still up at seven for the AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and the Bengals. Total at 54 and a half. And in the NFC, still three and a half, even though that three and a half is at minus 115 for the 49ers. Total is at 46. So no movement currently on the lines. We had some early movement. There was some steam towards the over. In the uh, Bengals and the Chiefs, uh, obviously the Rams went from three to three and a half. If that thing gets back down to three, we jump in on the Rams because we are on the Rams uh, this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk to our, our good friend Chris Landry, football scout, coach, and administrator. Uh, will join me coming up on the program as we get into Championship Sunday in the NFL, and and, and it's a common misconception about uh, how um, it's how hard it is to beat a team three times in a season. It happens a lot more than you think. Uh, in fact, teams that win the first two games have a very good number ATS in the third game overall. Uh, so it's, it's 
it's something that's said, but it is um, not something that is impossible to happen because people say it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. It actually happens pretty often, and it has at a pretty good clip. Uh, speaking of things that happen at a good clip, every week our very own Steve Mackinnon in Point Spread Weekly does an incredible job going through some trends for each round of the playoffs. The conference championship trends are even more impressive. When we talked about the wild card round, I had mentioned the trend that was out there about how often the winner of the game, the outright winner of the game, how often they cover the spread. So essentially, don't handicap the spread, just handicap the winner because it's likely going to cover. The winner of the game is going to cover the spread. In the conference championships, that trend is actually even better. The outright winner has covered the spread in 35 of the last 40 conference championship games. Think about this. We're talking 20 years. In 20 years, 40 conference championship games, the outright winner has covered the spread 35 times. Meaning, forget about the seven points, forget about the three and a half points. Pick the winner of the game, that's the spread that you bet. If, the, if you think the Chiefs are going to win, they're going to cover the seven. If you think the Rams are going to win, they'll cover the three and a half. If you think the 49ers are going to win, well... Don't even worry about the three and a half. You're taking them on the money line. Same thing with the Bucks, like or, or it should be the other way around. If you think they're going to cover three and a half, just take them on the money line. If you think that the, the Bengals are going to cover seven, just take the Bengals on the money line. Again, 35 of the last 40 conference championship games, the winner has covered the spread. The home teams, how have they done? The home teams are on a really good run. In conference championship games, 13 and three straight up in the last 16 conference championship games, 13 and three straight up for the home teams, 11 and five against the spread, 11 and five against the spread. What about heavy favorites, a favorite of a touchdown or more? which is where the Kansas City Chiefs are right now. Well, favorites closing at seven or more are 12-5 and five straight up since 1999, but just 6-11 ATS, so not that great of a trend there for the uh, seven or more point favorites. Um, but how about this? As we talk about hosts favored by seven or fewer, 14 and five straight up, 13 and six ATS in the last 19 tries. So seven is really a key number because if you're favored by more than seven, the trend is 12 and five straight up, six and 11 ATS. Seven or fewer, is 14 and 5, 13 and 6 ATS. 
So if it stays at seven or goes to six and a half, that's good. If it's same thing for the Rams. So things look good here for the home favorites. By the way, in those games in which the home team is a seven-point or fewer favorite, the total has gone over in those 19 games 13 times. 13 overs out of 19 games, or the most recent 19 games. Something to keep an eye on with that total being 46 in the NFC Championship game, 54.5 in the AFC Championship game. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sports as uh, we'll go over Championship Sunday in the NFL. We'll touch on uh, the Australian Open as well. No, Pam is great when it comes to tennis, so we'll get her picks. We got the women's semifinal coming up, uh, so definitely want to get in on that action. This is The Look Ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. never too early to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure that VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you through at the playoffs and then on championship weekend we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vcin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year so make plans now to join the vcin betting experts before, during, and after the action on vcin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining me now from Yahoo Sports, she is Pamela Maldonado uh, on Twitter at PamelaM35. A great follow there if you don't already, which you probably do because she's got like a million followers. But uh, Pam, let's get into this conference championship games because for the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know how you can, you know, duplicate the performance that you just had in what was the greatest football game that I've ever seen. But what's amazing is that that was not even the conference championship game. The job is not done for the Kansas City Chiefs. So as much as they want to celebrate and everyone wants to celebrate, you still got to get by the Cincinnati Bengals here on Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. You absolutely do. And I love the Chiefs in this spot. Laying the seven, it doesn't, it's not a number that scares me, but you do have to look at this from an objective viewpoint because I'm a Chiefs season, um, I'm a Chiefs Super Bowl futures win- t- ticket holder. So preseason, I made the prediction, I laid the five to one. I mean, that's not a lot of, it's not like great odds to grab. But there's a lot of things that they were doing preseason that I loved. They were working on that offensive line. You had Andy Reid, who knew that they needed to correct some of the problems. It was the offensive line that caused them the Super Bowl last year. They did a lot of things in the draft. They did a lot of things in free agency. They put together a great team. So I was confident that, okay, it's not a great price at 5-1, to one, but it is still a number that I love. So I'm not, I am still making sure that I look at this game from an objective viewpoint. And how do you still not see anything but Mahomes? Mahomes magic, Travis Kelsey, this team is just phenomenal. And all you need to know now is that, hey, 13 seconds, they can get the job done. (laughs) It's amazing. They're never out of any game, no matter what the score is or how much time is left or not left uh, in the game. Uh, When you look at, you mentioned offensive line issues last year for the Chiefs, and they obviously addressed that going into this season. The offensive line was the Achilles heel for the Bengals last week against the Titans. They won despite Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow being sacked nine times. Do you expect the Chiefs to get after Burrow like the the Titans did last week? 
Absolutely. Something like that is definitely able to be replicated. It's not like it was a one and done fluke where all of a sudden Joe Burrow is, is not getting any type of quarterback protection. He's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league and in that first game. And you have to also consider like who have they really even faced in the postseason? You had the Raiders who had an opportunity there to tie the game. Derek Carr still threw for over 300 yards and then Tannehill himself threw for three interceptions. And he he's a quarterback that has thrown for only 300 yards twice this season. Now you're going against Patrick Mahomes, who can do that in his sleep. He can do that in the two minute warning. <laughs> like it's a definite possibility. He's that great of a quarterback. They made a lot of mistakes in that first game because they were actually up by double digits in that first meet. And then they were the Chiefs were up um, 21. What was it? They were up 21 seven early and then they were up 28 14 at the half. The mistakes that they made in that first game, I don't expect them to make those same mistakes. They know that Joe Burrow is a fantastic quarterback, so it's going to be the Chiefs defense solely predicated on let's focus on Burrow. They're going to have to apply that pressure. I think they can definitely get it done because it's a it's a team that we have seen collectively throughout the season get better, improve in the spots that they know they needed to. This could be another spot. Any read on the total 54 and a half for this game? over yeah. and i can see the chiefs scoring 40 on their own <laughs> this is a yeah. this is a Bengals defense this is a Bengals defense that is not prepared i mentioned the raiders that they were still able to contend in that spot Tannehill, if it wasn't for interceptions in that game they could have contended this is a defense that is coming into this not at all prepared for what the chiefs are able to bring so 40 plus i think the total for the chiefs right now is at 30 mm -hmm. um 30 31 I would take the team total over. I would take the over in the game because I could see a scenario where this is like 40-20. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Uh, let's go to the NFC title game, round three, between the 49ers and the Rams. How do the Rams, if they can, avoid going 0-3 against Kyle Shanahan's group this season? They don't. <laughs> I love the 49ers in this spot. And I know people are like, well, you can't lose to a team six times. Can, can't you? I mean, this is the NFL and I'm not worried about like the trap, non-trap, whatever trap it is. You have to go with the 49ers because they are the better team. They are sixth best in pressuring passers. And Stafford has a 56% completion for 5.5 yards per pass on those dropbacks. When he's not pressured, he has 68% completion for 6.9 yards per attempt. This is a 49ers defense that has shown that they can contend against some of the best offenses. They've held multiple teams to 24 points or less. And you're talking about some of the better offenses in the Cowboys, in the Bengals, in and including the Rams. So I love them. I love the Rams. I'm sorry. I love the 49ers in this spot. And you have to also consider that Matthew Stafford, he's a quarterback that has thrown zero interceptions in back-to-back -back games. Well, the law of averages. <laughs> He's been throwing interceptions like crazy over the last few weeks. He had eight interceptions over the last five games. Um, yeah, I love him to throw an interception in this spot. And when he does, they lose. <laughs> yeah, and odds are it'll be returned for a touchdown by the other team. Uh, is there a prop that you like in this game, an angle that you're looking to attack here? For the, for the 49ers, I'm looking at Debo Samuel. Um, he had 133 total yards and two touchdowns in week 10. He had 140 yards and a touchdown plus a passing touchdown in week 18. So that's definitely one player that I think is definitely going to be heavily utilized. Once again, those down the middle passes with to either Samuel or to Kittle, either of them are going to be great spots for this because that's what the, that's what the Rams are worst at defending at and George and Kittle in week 18. He only had 10 yards for seven targets. 
that is super unlikely to happen again in this scenario. He had all the targets. This time he'll actually get the catches. I think he'll be more heavily utilized. I would also look to the Kittle over receiving yards in addition to Debo Samuel in every which way you can. Debo plus 500 to score two touchdowns. You like it? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. That's a, a plus plus money option on something that makes sense on a player that is in every snap. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. think he accounts for like 80 plus of the snaps. Um, Yeah. One rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown. Maybe that's the way uh, to attack this. <laughs> uh, what's your take on the total? Do you like uh, the under because of the 49ers defense, or you think that there's going to be enough points in this game to go over? I would lean to the total for this game because both of these both of these teams have shown that they have a propensity for, okay, we have a lead. We're going to kind of slow things down a bit. We're going to start rushing the ball more. And then that's how they let the uh, the opposition back into the game. Mm. So I can definitely see the under. I think 46 is too low for my comfort in a game where, you know, one turnover, one pick six from Stafford can definitely turn this into an over game. I would definitely, I'm more confident in taking the plus points with the 49ers than I would be in taking an over under in the game. Yeah. And no lead is safe. Uh, the Rams were up 17, nothing and wound up losing to the 49ers. And just think about that. That's the reason why the 49ers are even in the playoffs to begin with is because the Rams could not hold on to that lead. Uh, (laughs) While I have you, Pam, I got to get your thoughts on the Australian Open. You you just crush it when it comes to the tennis betting. Uh, Prior to the tournament, I talked to our very own Gil Alexander about Stefanos Tsitsipas. He was at like plus 2,000 to win this thing. And he was like, I'm on Medvedev, I'm on Medvedev, I'm on Medvedev. These two guys are going to match mm-hmm. up with each other here in the semifinals. Medvedev minus 270, Tsitsipas at plus 205. Do you have a lean here on this men's semifinal? I'm on Gil's side where I have a Medvedev futures ticket at plus 165. Um, but looking at this matchup objectively, Medvedev is the better player. And I'm not at all going to overvalue the match that he just had with uh, Felix Azir Aliasim. It went to five sets, but Felix played absolute his best tennis that he has played in his career Mm. he had a powerful serve and he had a powerful forehand in spots he was able to serve and volley it was just a really great match from one of the most unlikely players and Stefano Tsitsipas he is a great player but he also has a terrible terrible mindset so that's one of the things that has been in his problem that's been his problem area over the last couple of years he mm. even hired a mental coach and it hasn't really helped much because he had he was up two sets to left to Novak Djokovic in Roland Garros and ended up losing outright so Medvedev he is a stronger player he is a stronger baseliner he has a great serve he leads the head-to-head 6-2 and the last win for Stefanos was on clay at Roland Garros well this is hardcourt and that's uh that's Medvedev's wheelhouse Last year at the Australian Open, Medvedev won in the straight set, 6-4, 6-2, 7-5. And I really love this. It's similar to happen here. Nice. All right. So you swayed me. Guess we're going with Daniil. Pam, appreciate the time as always. Keep doing the great work, and uh, we'll keep following along. Yeah, thank you. There she is, Pamela Baldonado, Yahoo Sports. Follow her on Twitter at PamelaM35. Great insight there when it comes to the Australian Open and, of course, Championship Sunday in the NFL. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll go over some of the things that Pam said, especially the props when it comes to Debo and Kittle and whatnot for that NFC Championship game. Take a look at that prop market coming up next here on The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Taking a look at some of the props for Championship Sunday, we talked with Pamela Maldonado about some of the props that she likes in the NFC Championship game. Let's start with the AFC title game, though, between the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, the passing props are available right now. Joe Burrow over 284.5 passing yards. Patrick Mahomes, 290.5 passing yards. Let's just... Look again objectively, because immediately right away I'm like, we're going to hammer this over on Mahomes. But let's just think about this real quick. Derek Carr threw for 310 yards against the Bengals in the wild card round. Ryan Tannehill threw for 220. He did throw three interceptions, though, uh, in the divisional round. Patrick Mahomes. We all know what he did last week against the Bills in, I mean, most of it was in the final two minutes, but 378 yards for Mahomes in that game. Against the Steelers, he had 404 yards. That's when he scored the five touchdowns in a matter of minutes. So looking at this and seeing Mahomes 290 and a half, unless we're talking about them winning in a blowout where Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Jarek McKinnon or even Tyreek Hill has a bunch of rushing yards or rushing touchdowns, he's going to go over this total. He's going to have a couple of touchdown passes, and you know that the yak is going to help him out, right? The yards after catch. He throws a 10-yard a slant to Tyreek Hill, and he takes off for 64 yards, and next thing you know, we're going to hit the over here. Mahomes passing touchdowns, two and a half. Uh, Burrow passing touchdowns, one and a half. 
Um, I would like the uh, over on Mahomes. And then how about this? Rushing yards. We saw Patrick Mahomes last week against the Buffalo Bills take off and run. And this is something that I really have liked about Mahomes, especially in the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, you know, you take things into your own hands and you try to make a play. And plus, with Kansas City especially, you have to be on such high alert defensively that when you it's you can't keep a defender in the box to spy Patrick Mahomes. You either have to rush and try and get to him or drop back in coverage. And if you're dropped back in coverage, he takes advantage of all that empty space in the middle of the field, steps up in the pocket, and he runs. He had 69 rushing yards against the Bills. He had 29 rushing yards against the Steelers. Last time he played the Bengals, he had 25 rushing yards. His rushing total is at 29 and a half. And yes, I do like Patrick Mahomes to go over his rushing total of 29 and a half. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, his rushing total is 36 and a half. And looking at the few carries that he got in that Bills game, he looked explosive. Like he looked like his legs were fresh. Missed some time with the shoulder. We all know how important McKinnon was in that Steeler game. And man, I mean, CEH had some burst in that Buffalo Bills game. He showed a lot of burst. He had seven carries, 60 yards. I think he goes over this total as well. So I'm looking at Mahomes over 29 and a half rushing yards. I'm looking at Clyde Edwards-Alaire over 36 and a half rushing yards. Receiving yards, Joe Mixon, 28 and a half. This is something that I talked about last week with Joe Mixon in um, their game against the Titans. Uh, it was a low number, and I really loved the just the way that the game, in my opinion, was going to play out, where Mixon was going to get a lot of dump-off passes, uh, the screen game was going to work, and all it takes is for him to just break one, and he's going to cash it. Like, I talked about this with Brad Evans uh, on the nightcap, and we agreed that, you know, take... Uh, uh, Uzama over three and a half catches. Take Joe Mixon over the 28, or I think it was 21 and a half actually, uh, receiving yards. Mixon had 51 yards. He had 51 yards. Six catches, 51 yards. A 21-yard reception right there. Uh, Uzama, meanwhile, seven catches, 71 yards in that game. So taking a look at where we are, Uzama right now, is at 34 and a half yards, three and a half catches, which I do like the over uh, on both. And Joe Mixon, 28 and a half yards. I kind of like the over as well uh, in that. So that's take that's a look right there at the AFC championship games. How about the NFC championship game props? For the quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford over 280 and a half passing yards. Jimmy Garoppolo, 230 and a half. If I were to play one of them, it would be Matthew Stafford. Here's where I think it's a fun bet for both of these guys. Over, under, a half an interception. For Jimmy G, the over is minus 150. For Stafford, 
it's minus 110. Stafford's been very good this postseason. He hasn't turned the football over. He's been clean in their two games, in their two wins. Jimmy G threw a bad interception against the Cowboys. And in that Packers game, if we're being honest, he should have thrown, he threw one interception, he should have thrown three, maybe four. There were a couple of balls, and not just balls that could have been picked off, probably balls that could have been picked sixes. But anyway, he's going to throw a pick. He's absolutely throwing an interception. I know it's minus 150. Jimmy G's throwing a pick. As far as the rushing and receiving props, Cam Akers is at 60 and a half. I don't see right now up on DraftKings a line for uh, Sony Michelle. But I'm going to be honest with you. And, and <sighs> look, I don't know if it's because of the two fumbles last week from Cam Akers. But I think Sony Michelle is more involved in this game. He wasn't involved at all last game. And it could. I'm not going to say it's by design. It just could work out that way. Right, that this is a guy who down the stretch was your bell cow. I mean, he really just game after game after game, 20-something, he had a boatload of carries. He just was the guy in the backfield for the Rams. With Cam Akers out, it all fell on Sony Michelle's shoulders. And I loved and I think that that was the moment where the Rams season kind of turned around was when he started to take over towards the end of the season. The Rams won five of their last six games to end the year, and that included the loss against the 49ers last game of the season. It was no coincidence that in their five wins leading up to that 49ers game, Sony Michelle. 24 carries, 121 yards. 20 carries, 79 yards. 18 carries, 92 yards. 27 carries, 131 yards. 19 carries, 74 yards. And then against the 49ers, 21 for 43. Tough sledding, but still 21 carries. In the playoffs against Arizona, 13 carries for 58 yards. But against Tampa, just one carry for four yards. Cam Akers carried the ball way more than that. Cam Akers had 24 carries for 48 yards. Two fumbles, though. So I don't know if it's because of the fumbles or if it's because of just maybe now he's fresh after not carrying the ball last week. I think we see Michelle get involved a little bit. So I would take a look at his rushing total. It's not even, I can't even find it right now. And to score a touchdown... Sony Michelle is at plus 300, where if this was a couple of weeks ago, he'd be minus 110, kind of like Cam Akers is plus 115 right now. And yeah, Debo Samuel minus 110, you know he's going to score a touchdown. He is the offense for the San Francisco 49ers. We'll examine this game and the the AFC game further. We're going to keep talking about Championship Sunday, get into the NBA, NHL, plenty more to get into right here on The Look Ahead with me. Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the 
Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. After six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 